I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Trampoline Hall podcast. I'm your host, Misha Globerman. Trampoline Hall is a lecture series that takes place in a bar, usually in Toronto, sometimes in other cities. People give lectures on all kinds of topics, with the one restriction being that they cannot speak on subjects on which they are professionally expert. After each lecture, we take questions from the audience. Uh, This is the Trampoline Hall podcast, which means what we do is we go through the deep archives of the live barroom lecture series, and in each episode, we pull one lecture, and we take that lecture, and we turn it into a podcast, and podcast it to you uh, through your podcaster. Uh, If you haven't heard from us in a while, that's because uh, we're just starting a new season. The way we do the podcast is we break it up into six episodes over six weeks, then we take time off, uh, turn on our podcast-making machine, and then come back and give you another season. So we're just at the start of a new season. For this season, Emily Keeler looked through the archives and chose all the lectures. Uh, if you like this podcast and you're in Toronto, you should come see the live show. Uh, go, go to the Trampoline Hall website, check out the email list, and sign up. Uh, but for now, it is time to introduce this episode's lecture. Uh, I should warn you, uh, this may contain mature language. If you like mature language, you might be in for a treat. Uh, the topic is money or garbage, and the speaker is Amy C. Lamb. <laughs> garbage it smells kind of bad but it's fine um, so money money or garbage I'm talking about both not one or the other um, and they're kind of opposites I guess which is why you know you either want money or you want garbage in terms of ideals because I think like for me ideally I'd rather have all money and no garbage um, but Some people might want the opposite. Uh, But (laughs) lately I find that I've kind of been confusing these two things, which are on opposite ends of the usefulness spectrum uh, over there. Um, And I've been losing my wallet every four months or so. So it seems to me as if some part of me uh, wants to throw my wallet in the trash all the time and I'm not sure why this is happening and it's pretty perplexing so um, I kind of wanted to find out uh, why money and garbage make me feel so silly. So in my research um, I learned that I'm not the first person that uh, money and garbage have made silly. Uh, Civilization. Apparently (laughs) 
apparently, someone has said that uh, civilization arose out of the need to find sufficiently sophisticated ways to get rid of mounting piles of garbage. Um, because before humans kind of decided to live in apartment buildings and houses, um, they lived in tents. <laughs> they lived in tents. And uh, they would move with the tents. And uh, so it was okay because they could leave the garbage, you know, in one tent site and then they would just go to find a new place to put the tent. Um, but this, this is okay. This is a method, it's called dumping, right? We all, we all do it. Um, and, and in the Bronze Age, uh, what they would do is because they had these really cute little houses, they kind of stopped, moved from tents and they got these really cute little houses with clay floors. So they would put uh, the garbage on the floor of the house and then um, if there was too much garbage on the floor of the house, they would just put more clay on top so that they would have a new floor and it was really nice. But then eventually like you have lots of, you'd live there for a few months, I guess, and then the floor would be like this and your roof would be like this, so then you'd have to make a new roof and make a new doorway, which is why apparently the city of Troy is on a mound um, because of all that garbage. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of a dumb way of getting rid of garbage, right? So uh, at the turn of the century in America, uh, they invented this new way, which was called a uh, reduction. And uh, what they did was basically they had a big vat um, and they filled this vat with garbage. And they also filled it with dead animals because I think at that time, like in New York City every year, there'd be 15,000 dead horses. So they just put all these horses and you know, whatever, into this vat and they would cook it for a long time and it would cook and cook and cook and cook and then they'd have a grease, which was great because they could make a soap or candles. Um, <laughs> but it smelled really bad, so then they stopped doing it, uh, which is okay. Uh, but that's not, that's not the important part. Uh, the important part, I guess, of garbage disposal is that it's not how you get rid of it, but rather the problem that um, there's a specific type of law um, when it comes to human attitudes towards it, I guess. Um, so there's this law called Parkinson's Law, which is basically the law that uh, if you have a specific amount of time and you have a specific uh, job to do, you will use all of that time to do that job, even if that job is just like taking out the garbage or whatever. You will take three days to do it if you have three days. Um, so it's the same thing with garbage because, for example, um, if you have this thing, this thing, you you will probably try your best to fill it with garbage um, if you have that. But sometimes, if you only have this which is a spoon, uh, you will know better. You will know better. Um, so, but given that we live in the world, which is kind of a big place, um, humans have taken it upon themselves to fill the world with garbage, or at least use some of the space that we have. Um, so there's this thing that archaeologists call uh, a monstrous visual symbol. It's called an MVS. And uh, in, in prehistoric times, um, the largest monstrous visual symbol was, uh, or is known as the Pyramid of the Sun in Mexico. And other ones include, you know, Stonehenge. But apparently, supposedly, archaeologists think that uh, the monstrous visual symbol of, 
of our age is the landfill because I think the landfill on Staten Island or something is like a billion times the size of the Pyramid of the Sun. But that's kind of pessimistic, right? So there's other monstrous visual symbols in the world. Um, and another one would be, you know, uh, some of them are the playgrounds of billionaires. So for example, um, in Dubai or kind of off the coast of Dubai, they've built these islands, these man-made islands, which are shaped like palm trees. There's two of them. So from space, they look like palm trees. And David Beckham lives on one of them. And, but they've decided to do better than that they said they could do better than that. So what they've done is, or what they're in the process of doing, is um, building islands. I think there's 300 of them. And they're shaped like the continents of the world. So that from space, you can see the world in the world. Um, and they cost like $30 million. You can buy one, though, if you want. Um, but the funny thing about this is that to build these man-made islands, you need something called landfill. Uh, and landfill isn't just dirt. Uh, most of the time, it's garbage. So lots of people all over the world um, live on garbage that's been packed and condensed and you know, topped with a little bit of concrete uh, so that you can live on it. But the other funny thing about that is that sometimes money ends up in landfills. So for example, um, at CMAS, which is this institution, whatever, in Massachusetts that deals with over the garbage of over one million people, um, they have this big incinerator and they burn all this garbage. And at the end of the day, um, they'll have you know eight tons of incinerator ash. And in these eight tons, they'll often find, or on the average, they'll find um, over $8,000 in coins. So people are just throwing away money. Um, but it's not just people who throw away money. Uh, the US government also does this. Um, the Federal Reserve apparently has a, has a very complicated system for uh, determining when a bill goes out of circulation. So I think uh, the average life of a US dollar bill is uh, 18 months, because what happens is it will uh, circulate and it will go to the Federal Reserve, and they'll have this way of determining how reflective it is, which basically means how much dirt there is on it. And if it doesn't meet a certain criteria, then they'll shred it, and they'll use it for landfill, um, which maybe ends up in uh, Dubai or something. <laughs> um, so, but uh, in terms of throwing money out, some people hate to throw money out. Uh, and the people who hate this the most are usually called misers. Um, <laughs> and they hate wasting money. But at the same time, they're kind of confusing people. Because while they hate wasting money, uh, they also seem to confuse money with waste. Um, so for example, there's one famous miser named Daniel Dancer who uh, lived you know, in Victorian England or something. And he, was, he, was, he had an inheritance, so he didn't really have anything to do. He had 3,000 pounds a year coming to him, and he lived with his sister and whatever. He was bored. Um, so one of his things that he liked to do was to go out into the world and forage for um, stuff, mostly stuff that he could start fires with because he hated buying coal. So he would go and search for bits of wood and cow dung. And one time, um, he received a free meal from a friend, which was great for him. But he didn't want to start a fire. He didn't want to have to waste his cow dung to start this fire to heat it up again. So he just uh, put the meal between two uh, pewter plates and sat on it for a while. Um, that was good. And then. <laughs> 
another time, he, he was out on a walk and he, he found a decomposing, or okay, not decomposing, but like kind of decomposing <laughs> sheep carcass. And he took it home and made his sister make meat pies out of it. But um, he kept these meat pies in a locked trunk so that no one could steal them from him. Um, and, I mean, to an extreme, he, he also, after he died, they found over 2,500 uh, pounds in a dung heap. So he liked to hide his money in uh, stuff. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe what happens with money is, or garbage is that people get so confused by it that they become a little uh, superstitious and they don't really... You know, they don't really know what to believe anymore. I mean, if I told you that once upon a time in history, uh, people used gongs as money, like gongs, <laughs> I don't know. So, so, so th this is my new bill. It's a $26 bill, and you can accept it if you're convinced. If you're, if you're convinced. Um, but so there's a lot of superstition. And I think part of the superstition probably comes from the fact that it's pretty impossible to know exactly what the role um, money or garbage plays in your life. So the last week, last week I tried to prepare for this by um, recording all the money that I spent in one column and then all the garbage that I threw out in another column. But it was just, it was boring and it was pointless and I didn't learn anything from it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, the kind of, the, the way that money and garbage move kind of uh, inhibits, I think, any kind of a perception of it, I guess. Um, which, yeah, creates a lot of superstition and mystery. And, you know, like if aliens saw, it's the same kind of thing as if an alien came and tried to look at, you know, a monstrous visual symbol that we have. They'd, they'd have no clue. And it's the same kind of feeling that I get when I try to think about what kind of garbage billionaires have. Um, so I tried to think about it. And uh, I, I think maybe it looks... Like, I don't know, I was trying to think, and maybe it's like department stores, like they throw out department stores and it's, it's just on the sidewalk and then you can go in and look at the bedding or something. Um, but in terms of mystery, there's also uh, the story of a ship, a cargo ship that was called uh, the Cayenne Sea or something. And it came, uh, the, the city of Philadelphia commissioned it because... Um, they had lots of incinerators, but they had no landfills near their city. So what they had to do was they had all this ash, and uh, they had 16,000 tons of incinerator ash, and they had nowhere to put it. So they just put it on the ship, and they were like, go find a place to you know, dump it. And the ship was obviously barred from every port. Um, this was in 86, I think. So it spent two years floating around the world trying to find a port to dump its incinerator ash in. Um, and eventually it ended up in Singapore uh, with its ash mysteriously gone. Um, so apparently also, like, oftentimes you'll find illegal dumping grounds, which is basically just a fancy term for, like, a bunch of broken mattresses and some futon frames at the end of roads and deserted areas. Right. Um, and also, uh, archaeologists are kind of obsessed with disposable diapers. So uh, archaeologists have noted that they've seen disposable diapers floating in lagoons in the Marshall Islands in the Western Pacific.
just floating. Um, but the final mystery, I think, is like uh, apparently when Imelda and Ferdinand Marcos had to uh, run away from the Philippines, when they arrived in Honolulu, um, people found that they'd kept all of their jewelry and uh, booty, basically, in disposable diaper boxes, uh, Pampers ones, I think. Um, so, in conclusion, uh, I have a <laughs> I have a garbage bag here, and it's filled with garbage, and I got some of it on my leg as well. Um, it's filled with garbage, but it's also filled with money, I guess. Or maybe it's a money bag that's filled with garbage, um, or a garbage bag that's filled with money or something. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Trampoline Hall Podcast. I'm Misha Goldman. Up next, we're Q&A. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's a really strong conclusion. <laughs> um, I, I have a question. How much, how much garbage and how much money are in the garbage and money bag? About. I think it's half-half. No, it's not half-money. <laughs> What do you know. mean half-half? Is it? I don't you know. You can't it. ask me. That's not how it goes. No, it's all garbage. All right. Yeah, okay. it's all garbage. Sorry. Oh. All right. And, any, I can't believe. <laughs> any other questions? You, sir, you have a question, yes? I have a question about how you can tell the difference between garbage and stuff that isn't garbage. Because I think it's pretty easy to tell what's money and what isn't money. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard to figure that out about garbage, so I wonder what you thought. Okay, great. So the question is, where is how do you tell garbage from not garbage? Well, I guess it depends on like the moment in which you're presented with this thing, right? Like whether or not you can use it in this moment. So I guess if you gave me like a a toothbrush for me right now on the stage, it would be garbage because I can't use it. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> So, pre- so whether you can use it, whether you can use it at the present time, might be. Yeah, the or maybe if you can use it in like the the foreseeable, the foreseeable future. future, right? Yeah. But if you're like, oh, I can imagine someday this tin can with the top pried off might eventually come in yeah. handy. That's not enough. Yeah. You need or, to be like. Yeah, if someone had like a shop from the future where they sold future things, but you had no idea how to use it, then it'd just be garbage, right? 
I guess. I, was, I, I actually thought was the gar I was thinking the other way. I was like, wow, the garbage from the future would be so cool looking. Like a, like a tin can with a top off, but it's like pulsating. I mean, it, like, I mean, it wouldn't be garbage dust anymore, because I think it was really cool. I, I guess that's not what you're thinking, though. Right? Anyway, we should really be focusing on your answers. But somehow we, we are unable to. Um, are there any other questions? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, good. All the way in the back. Yes. Awesome question. I don't think they sort it. Um, I think they just kind of, they know that it exists, but no one really bothers to sort it. Or maybe they have some sort of magnetized thing, but I don't know. So we don't know who gets the money. No. No, you would. Do you have a, do you have, are you also, it's hard not to answer her questions. We don't know why, but you want to, don't you? <laughs> do you have a, do you have a guess? That's fair. Do, what, what is it? Fall at the bottom. <laughs> of what? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> so you say that you just you you just like you just burn all the other garbage and the money will fall to the bottom and then obviously after waiting for it to cool, you reach down and scoop it up. And it's as simple as that? Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, they is that true or are you just making that up to help things along? <laughs> okay, apparently incinerator ash is very heavy. Yeah, they make cinder blocks out of it. All right, they make so. cinder blocks out of it, which are also heavy, heavier than money, even. <laughs> Does anyone have a, a different question? <laughs> All right, okay, sure, Steve Cato. What about gifts? What about gifts? Oh. They're both like often completely useless at the moment, but also completely money, like in the <laughs> Right, in but they're also but they're also like garbage because all you can do with them is get rid of them by definition, right? Like you're. Oh, oh, but you can also receive them, in which case you're receiving garbage based on the definition that they're gotten rid of. So what but about? They're, but they're exchanged as well, like like. So what about gifts? What about gifts? <laughs> garbage. Are you asking if it's garbage or money? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is a gift more like garbage or more like money? Is it garbage and money? Huh? Well, I guess. The <laughs> I guess. The Slow down there. <laughs> I guess the cheesy thing to say would be that you can you can re-gift it, right? So then, <laughs> that's a lame joke. I think it's money. Okay. Yeah, I stick to money. Money, money is the answer. Do you care to elaborate? Well, because there's uh, other values attached to it, like emotional or. Sexual or what if it's a bad <laughs> gift though? But they still gave it to you. It's the act. But then it's still useless, so it's garbage, huh? Well, what if I gave you this garbage bag? It's a gift of but garbage. But I really but want to give it to you. Garbage. I'm just gonna wait till you're not looking to get rid of it. I'm not looking to get rid of it. I'm gonna wait till you're not looking. Oh. And then if you come to my house and look for it, I'll be like, this I don't know where it went. Jeez, I don't I think don't that's know. a question. This is so not a question anymore. <laughs> she asked me a question. <laughs> but you should know better, better than to accept that. Then it lapses into anarchy. What if it was a gift? If you <laughs> does someone else have a... Does, are there, um, oh, suddenly everybody has a... Um, oh, I, oh, oh, yes, what's your question? Do you, what happens after you find your wallet, lose your wallet? Do you ever find it? No, I have no techniques, and I never find it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you look in the garbage? The other. 
Do I look in the garbage? Was the question from the back? Uh, no. Are you just like resigned to it at this point? Or are you just like, oh well? Like, do you feel bad even? Or are you just like, oh, this is the nature of I a wallet that you lose well, it after four yeah, months? Yeah, I think I just have to kind of respect the world's decision. Do you so. try to avoid putting? Do you try to avoid keeping valuable things in your wallet because you know that you'll lose it? Well, I lost my wallet, and then so I decided to get a big wallet. And then I still lost it. So I think my new technique is going to be keeping my wallet in like in plastic bags or like having a plastic bag as a wallet. Do you think that you won't? Why do you think that you won't lose a plastic bag? <laughs> I, I'm trying to trick the world. <laughs> I, I know the world. It's not so easily tricked. Well, have you ever considered? Have you ever considered one of those? What about those? I see people who have those chain. They have the wallet is chained to them. I think is that is that what that chain is? I always assume it's attaching a person to their wallet, but, but I don't know what it is. It's attached to your pants, so you could lose your pants. <laughs> How often do you lose your pants now? Well, I don't know. Like if I, I don't want to take that risk. Right? You're afraid that. So your fear is, is that your pants wouldn't keep the wallet around, but that you would continue to lose your wallet every four and months. My but pants the pants would go with it. You'd be, you'd be like at the store paying for something. You'd yeah. absentmindedly walk out of the store, step out of your pants, leave your wallet on the yeah. counter. That's your fear. Well, or the pants step out of me. Like, that's... <laughs> it could happen. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Um, uh, uh, yes, you at the bar, sir. Yes. What's more useful, money or garbage? Uh, to me? Anybody. Anybody? Yeah, because you're talking about using garbage for landfill to create these islands. Yeah. I guess garbage is more useful. You can make money off garbage. What? You can make money off garbage, but you can't make garbage off money. <laughs> That's not even true. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. You can think about it more. No, but, but garbage is really useful because most of the time uh, you can uh, you can make lots of new stuff from it. Like well, it's true. Recycling, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you could just buy new stuff with money. <laughs> like, if I wanted a glass bottle, I could, like, make one out of old glass bottles, or I could just go to the store, the glass bottle store, and buy one. Well, you're speaking for yourself as an individual, I but am. I guess, like, in terms of, you know, the world that's trying to trick me, right. <laughs> I would say garbage. Right, the world can't buy a glass bottle. That's yeah. true. Because, <laughs> no, who would they buy it from? Um... Uh, uh, yes, you, ma'am. Yes, you, you. Um, I was wondering, and this is in no way to call you out or point your finger, I genuinely wanted to know um, how you came on this topic from the theme of ideals and idealism. Like, how, what the connections were. So the question is how this fits in with the topic of ideals and idealism. The question is asked kindly and not in an accusatory fashion. Well, possibly. I think maybe it came from uh, some guy who told me that like his biggest or his, one of his wishes was to find garbage bags full of money, and I think maybe that's not an ideal, but it's definitely like a secret <laughs> wish that everyone probably has, like unmarked bills or Richie Rich. Is, no, what's that movie? Blank check, I guess. Yeah. I have to say that even when you suggested that this garbage bag might be like even five percent full of <laughs> you money, I was so excited. I was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, is this the part of the show where we go through the garbage looking for money? I was like, how, how exciting, how humiliating. This will be great. And then the fact that it wasn't even true only upped the humiliation and down the excitement. 
So I, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, so there you, that's, if that's not idealism. <laughs> so wait, the idea, I'm sorry, I, I keep, uh, th so the idea is that this guy wanting to find garbage bags full of money, at some level you think that that's an ideal or that's a... a, a well, it's definitely idealism, maybe. Or maybe it's just like blind optimism, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, it's, it made sense to me. It seems like, you know, ideals and idealism is about values. And it's like, if you want to talk about values, uh, you're, that's pretty much, yeah. you know, money, garbage. That's pretty much it to me. Uh, are, there, are there other questions? Uh, we, we've, we've gone, uh, uh, okay, we've gone to you, so we'll go to you. Yes. Could there be a world without money or garbage is no, the question. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> Why? <laughs> animals, animals don't, don't have. The claim, the claim from the front row is that animals have neither money nor garbage. But they have rain. Right. What? But they have rain. What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? They have rape? Which is what, like a little of both? Yeah, how do we know that they don't have money or garbage, I guess? Oh, that's not true even. Raccoons have an economy. Raccoons, Steve points out that raccoons have an economy. They have money, sort of. Sort of. And they love garbage. <laughs> Wait, someone disagrees. Are, are, sir, are you, are, are you an economist or a raccoon? Who objected? Who, is, who objected to that claim? You? Why? What? Are you familiar with the claim and know it to be bullshit, or is it a novel claim that you recognize as bullshit? It's a novel claim which follows a pattern which I recognize as bullshit. What's the pattern? The pattern is ascribing to animals about which we know very little that they have human characteristics. It's called anthropomorphism, and you're probably familiar with it. I am. I am indeed. Steve, how, Steve, how do you... I gotta, Amy, I'm going to leave you out of this altogether. Steve, how do you respond to this? To this, to this claim that what you're doing is in fact just anthropomorphizing the raccoons. These are a readily observable animal that conducts itself socially within our eyesight. When a group of raccoons decide amongst themselves that the leader will organize a raid down a street of garbage cans where one raccoon knocks over the garbage, one sorts, and the other one, the leader gathers it and distributes it, you're witnessing an economic social hierarchy. Okay, well, uh, I, 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 I'm sure you guys, but they, all right, well, and you got garbage into your answer, too. So wait, so are you, as, as, so what, wait. She has to answer now. So wait, right, Amy has to answer that question? That seems, that seems unfair, but delightful, sure. So how do you explain this woman's part in the raccoon garbage economy as the owner of the original owner of the garbage? You? I, I think, I guess you're the Federal Reserve, right? <laughs> um, clearly we should stop now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Amy C. Lamb and her fabulous bag of garbage.
Trampoline Hall was created in Toronto in the 21st century by Sheila Hetty and is hosted by me. This episode's lecture was chosen by Lauren Bride. This podcast is produced by Josh Block. Our theme music was composed by Matt Smith. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, why not help us out by leaving a review or a rating on iTunes? It really helps people find us. I'm Misha Globerman. Thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.